0: Hey guys, it's Keith Foskey, and welcome back to Conversations with a Calvinist. Today I'm excited to have my new friend Susan here from Steadfast Women. Susan, thank you for coming into the Conversation with a Calvinist studio today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for having me.
0: Yes, ma'am. I'm glad to have you, and I'm glad to have had you today in our worship service. We had you worship along with us. I am thankful to have you, and you reached out to me last week, said you were going to be in town. Yep. And so I thought it would be a good uh, good opportunity for us to get to know each other because we've talked to each other online quite a bit. Yes, but like I, Twitter friends. <laughs> yes, we're Twitter friends. And uh, what's interesting about that is usually when I see you, I see two faces yes. staring back at me. So tell me what that's about.
1: So I have an identical twin sister named Sarah, and she was actually supposed to come on this vacation with me as well. But she is about 24 weeks pregnant with baby number three, and she did not be, want to be away from any of her doctors since you're... Kind of reaching that touch-and-go point if she were, you know, if something were to happen. Absolutely. Having a baby early. And so she is at home watching my dogs, which I'm thankful for. So it's cheaper than a kennel if she watches them and so she's doing that and i really wish she could be here but she just couldn't make the trip for that reason so
0: now you said your twin sister mm-hmm. okay. identical and, twins and y'all live real close to one another
1: we have it, you, there used to not be any houses between us but now there has been one house built in between us in the last few years out in rural tennessee and so i can like see the top of her trees she can see the top of my trees um from where we are so yeah we live right at the base um of the appalachian mountains So just pretty much right out our doors and there's the mountain range. So
0: So when I first saw you guys on Twitter, it was the the, the handle is Steadfast Women. Mm -hmm. So I saw it. I knew it was a ministry of some sort Mm -hmm. because that's obviously not either of your names. You're you're not steadfast. (laughs) It's not your name. Um, but I, I was intrigued because obviously it was two ladies. I didn't mm-hmm. realize you were identical twins, but I guess thinking back to the picture, I, <laughs> okay. I should have figured that out because you look exactly alike. But, um, you know, I guess I assumed that you were sisters. But how mm-hmm. how did that start and, 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 and what is it? What exactly is Steadfast Women? Maybe that's the way to begin. What do you guys do and how did you get started?
1: So Steadfast Women originally was called Transform for More. And it, the idea actually came from my sister because she was a freshman English teacher and we had both been involved in youth ministry in various churches and various roles, and so she felt like she kept seeing the same issues, getting the same questions from teenagers, and she thought, why don't we start a blog and social media pages, try to connect with youth ministries, try to connect with youth pastors, see if they like any of our resources. Um, She wrote several books based on her questions that she would get so that it could be a resource for parents to have, for students to have. And then a few years in, she left um, the teaching profession because she had her first child. And she's been a stay-at-home, homeschooling mom ever since then. And so when you kind of get away from like the pulse and heartbeat of teenage life and what's all going on, we didn't really feel like we had content. She said, I feel like I've said everything I needed to say. She mm-hmm. said, I feel like I've made all the resources I've need to make. I've written all the books that I'm going to write. I've blogged everything. Um, one of our big things was like the cycle of violence for teenage dating because that's very prevalent. It's even prevalent more now that you throw cell phones and all this confusion into the mix. So, like,
0: abuse within boyfriend-girlfriend relationships? Boyfriend-girlfriend
1: relationships, yeah, and healthy relationships and um, more. There's, you know, in Christian circles, as we came to find out, there was this big distinction between dating and courtship Mm -hmm. where we didn't really. One of her books, her most popular book probably, was called So You Think You're Ready to Date. And you're actually supposed to walk away if a teenager, it's written up like a devotional that parents can do with a teen girl or a teen girl can do it by herself. Maybe if, her, you know, she doesn't have Christian parents, but somebody in her life wants to get her this resource. Sure. You know, and you're actually supposed to walk away with it realizing you're probably not ready to date because mm-hmm. you're a young teenager. But it's. But if somebody makes that choice today as a young teenager or even an older teenager, then it at least tries to lay out practical steps and boundaries to safeguard yourself from falling into the traps that so many fall into. Like our number one article has always been, um, well, God forgive me for sexting. Like oh, that, wow. that has statistically, when we ran Transform for More, was just always, every time we get our analytics, the, the number one traffic to our site was articles like that that we wrote so these you know these teenagers are obviously googling it they're not asking their parents you know those sorts of things so yeah. so you think
0: it is you you, you would say then it's probably teenagers who are reading that not not necessarily parents downloading it giving it to their kids but kids themselves reaching out for that material yes wow yep i have a That's feeling it.
1: that they are the one they were googling it they had messed up can talk to their parents about it and we had done some counseling too with teenage girls like they're in our local lives their parents would be say oh my goodness we found out our daughter sent these pictures we found Mm -hmm. out all of this stuff and they were like can you guys help her and so we would try to counsel you know through that and give resources and then we kind of got away from from kind of that whole you know and as you get a little older too it seems like you become more like talking to your mom instead of like talking to an older sister yeah you know which is why i felt like a lot of people brought their girls to be canceled by us because it was just a younger voice than what their parents were and now we're like the parents ages of teenagers yeah and so we also so i was a false convert for 20 years and i was saved in 2017 so you combine that and i start to ask questions how was i deceived for so long and I grew up in the church, like I don't get it. And so we start asking questions and then God starts putting pieces together. And we kind of see that there's just some things broader in the church that is really sabotaging the walk of women who want to know more about God. And so we just did a, a total change in our ministry and stepped back from a focus on teenagers to just all women, where we expose deception, examine resources and equip women with the word. And so that has been um, in 2020. So four years of teen ministry in 2020, we sent, we transitioned to Steadfast Women and have been doing that type of work ever since.
0: Okay, I want to go back to Steadfast Women in a moment because I want to talk about how you do your Instagram page okay. and all of those things. But before I do that, because you mentioned it so I don't want to forget, <laughs> okay. that is the, the idea of being a false convert for 20 years. Because mm-hmm. I know that I grew up in a situation where I was – um, introduced to the church when I was seven. My parents got okay. a divorce and my stepmom brought me to church. You met her today.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was yeah. That, yeah.
0: And, okay. and um, same church. I've been in the same church since I was seven. This, okay. is, this is the church. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, and I got baptized at eight years old because I, I saw everybody else getting baptized okay. yeah. and yeah. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Yeah. But I didn't actually get converted until I was 19. It was actually after my okay. wife and I got married. Okay. Uh, we were married in this church. <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, and, and within six months she got saved and then I got saved shortly thereafter. Okay. But again, and all through high school, all through middle school, I would have claimed to be a Christian mm-hmm. because I Me went too. to church. I would have said that was what Christians do. Yep. They go to church on Sunday. They live a relatively moral life through the week. And, um, you know, that was basically what I did. I was a pretty reasonable young man, counted yeah. on, do things. I was into... Band and sports and different... Well, not really sports, but I did, <laughs> I, did I did the band and I did karate. Karate, oh, okay. karate is sports for geeks.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> but that was my life. So okay. tell me about you. You're, you said 20 years. Uh, yeah. You felt like you were not a believer.
1: So I grew up in a United Methodist church. My dad was raised in a Methodist church and then my mom has really strong Pentecostal roots, was raised Church of God. And so they raised us in a small Methodist church where we were. And one night at Children's Church, the pastor's wife was doing a lesson on end times and it was, horribly scary for Mm -hmm. a 10 year old to sit and listen to the way it was all presented and then at the end she said but you know if you're saved then you'll be taken in the rapture and you won't have to go through any of this bad stuff if you know if you just ask Jesus into your heart and you're saved he'll take you out and you won't have to do any of this stuff so I mean what 10 year old girl scared to death so in the class I didn't do anything but before we actually even got out of the car when my mom got me home I was just squalling in the front seat and I just like told her what happened and you know she said this and that and you know so mom got you know talked to I mean I'd been raised in church and we had my mom played the piano in church and so you, you know you have I mean it was just all around us raised in a sea of it yeah and so she talked to me a little bit about you know the gospel and Jesus making sure like I understood those basics and then she led me through the prayer of you know salvation presented me to the church the next week Um but I've learned since becoming a um, Baptist that they they you know, see baptism a lot more seriously than the Methodist church I grew up in did. And so I actually was not baptized until I was 19. Okay, Um, And so, but I had, um, you know, asked Jesus into my heart. And then I was, I mean, me and my twin, of course my twin sister was truly converted at 14. So when I look back on my life, I'm like, well, no wonder Sarah didn't struggle as much as me. (laughs) If she was truly saved and I still, but still we were the person that, like I said, people brought their daughters to for counseling or we were the people they they wanted their daughters to be friends with us because we weren't drinking we weren't sleeping around we were going to church every sunday we were in we were the youth group we we're the only two youth people in our church but you know that sort of example somebody you'd want your daughters to be friends with somebody you would want your sons to date but it was all like i look back on it and i'm like well what good is the white, white, whitewashed tomb Mm. you know that's all I was I was filled with dead man's bone but I looked awesome on the outside and could and could run you my checklist of how great of a Christian I was and really truly knew not Christ
0: well you told me off camera that the the film American Gospel mm-hmm. had a had a big impact on you it if did. you don't mind wait before we go there okay you also mentioned the rapture thing did you see my video on thief in the night
1: no I did do, it
0: do you know what thief in the night is no. It's a video that... It's a video about the rapture that they used in the 70s and 80s. It was made in 72 to scare people. Okay. So what you talked about, I, I had never seen it. So, I, so James White gave me a hard time for not seeing it. Okay. So I watched it, and I filmed my reaction.
1: Okay, that's probably it. the only way I could watch it because that was so much. Um, and then after that, I had, like, an unreasonable fear of yeah. end times. Like, mm-hmm. there would be, if I was in a church and you know visiting a friend or wherever i was and they started talking about revelation or even reading the part in the gospels where they start hinting at end times the end of all things i would truly get up and leave just in tears yeah i mean just a total unhealthy fear for so long about end times because of that experience
0: it's so funny because my wife got saved through me sharing with her about the the end times before I was even saved. Really? And and that's, it's so funny because we look back at it now. I had grown up in church, had heard all these things, and I mm-hmm. was telling her I used to, I did security, and so she would come up and I was I would work all night doing security, and she oh, came okay. up and sat with me while I was doing security, and we, we we've been we've been in since seventeen. Yeah, so it it's awesome. And, but I was telling her about Jesus's return.
1: I wasn't okay. even saved. Okay. Was, but you knew. But I knew. He yeah, I knew, hey, a, he's, he come I knew back. a lot of Scripture. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I knew a
0: lot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny how God did use that in a yeah. positive way in my wife, and then I actually got saved after her. It's, gotcha. Uh, but, but I know we've kind of gone in a circle. <laughs> But I just had to mention Thief in the night because you okay, mentioned yes, that.
1: I'll definitely look that up.
0: The, uh, but the American Gospel. Mm-hmm. you would say that was actually used by God to influence you. and in, in yes. Yeah, so the
1: I was saved in 2017, and I it took a, a little bit to really realize what had happened to me mm-hmm. because I thought I was saved. and then I um, I had actually misca- had a miscarriage. And I fell into a depression, started going to a counselor who I did not realize now I do was a word of faith counselor. Mm -hmm. And but even from one of our very first meetings, she said, I don't think you have a problem with depression. I think your problem is spiritual, which now that I know a lot about the word of faith movement, I'm not surprised that they would say that. But she wasn't wrong. And so that kind of led me because I knew enough. I had read enough in the Bible, had been in church enough to know that Christians are supposed to suffer well. And I looked at my life and how I was handling, like, this loss of a child, like, even months out. And and I said, I am not suffering. Like, I I know what the Bible says, and I don't see any fruit of it, which caused, like, a real crisis that the Lord eventually led me through. And then, I like, I don't know. I mean, I guess everybody has different salvation stories, but there was a a true night where I just realized that this life was not about me. Mm. And everything that I was concentrating on with the suffering of the miscarriage and whatever else in my life was all me 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 and it's like that night the lord was like none of this is about you Mm. none of it is about you and, like, until I got my eyes off of myself, I'm never... And I knew that, like, because I, I remember just hitting the floor and praying, and I knew when I got up, my life was never going to be the same. But I didn't know what had happened still. And then you kind of go on, and I realize, through the fruit in my life and things that are starting to happen and sins that God is starting to reveal to me that I didn't even know I had nor struggled with, was just mind-blowing. And so then I really tried not to fall into bitterness, but I was kind of like, how did I grow up in the church for 20 years and never struggle with my salvation, do all the right things, get through high school and college into marriage, you know, as the perfect, you know, a pure husband and a pure wife. And this is supposed to be the greatest life, you know? And so I struggled, how did I grow up and just not know that I wasn't saved. And then in 2019, I saw American gospel. Mm-hmm. And that movie was the one I watched where I was like, oh, that's how. That's how I can grow up in the church and not know I'm saved. And I didn't know, one of the things American Gospel did was introduce me to Bible teachers. That I did, solid Bible teachers, like not the ones from TBN, Like people, like, I mean, who's in there? Phil Johnson, Paul Washer, um, Steve Lawson john macarthur all the people the solid people that they interview i'd never heard of any of them any of them didn't know a thing about them so about the second or third time i watch it i'm sitting there with like a piece of pen and paper like okay steve lawson okay that guy's name is paul washer and i'm googling like trying to figure out who these men are because i've never heard anybody talk about christ the way that these men are talking about christ and so then american gospel 2 comes out And it's all about the atonement, and my husband watches it, and the night that he watches it, he comes to me a couple days later and says, Susan, I think I've been a false convert. And he -hmm. said, because the way that they talked about the cross and what was truly accomplished for us on the cross in salvation, he said, I've never heard anybody talk about the cross that way. And he said, I just think I get it now, and he was like, and I think I'm really saved. He said, I think God has saved me. And so, like, for two false converts, like, and you preached on marriage this morning and husbands and wives. And I'm just like, even to look at our marriage from 2020 on with two saved people instead of pre-2020 with two people who were falsely converted just thinking they were saved. Like, it's almost like just being married to new people like we're both oh, wow. just made new brand new people and which has made our marriage sweeter than it's ever been i mean it's just oh, it's just god. truly a beautiful thing that like i feel like neither one of us deserve at all but god has just been so gracious to us so
0: how long uh how long have you been married 13 13 years oh wow
1: yeah okay. we got married i was 22 and he was 24.
0: okay okay
1: i won't do the math for your age oh right? it's that's okay it's fine <laughs> <laughs> okay so, mid-30s uh, yeah mid. i'm not late 30s yet <laughs>
0: So, um, well, now getting back to, and that's great. I love to hear the the, the conversion story and the and the uh, about how American Gospel was helpful. Mm-hmm. I've you know I've, I've I've had the opportunity to talk to some of the men who were who made that film, made awesome. those films, and, and, and just I'm thankful. I am for, too. For, for for the work that they've done, and and um, you know I, I I hope to in a small way through the podcast and other things to contribute to the same thing, and that, yeah. is that is that's getting Christ's. Message out there, and in, in in the way that the people receive stuff now through media yep. and things like that. So yep, I definitely absolutely. see a place for it, and, and good filmmaking yep. is 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 valuable, I believe. So, um, but but you guys with steadfast women now, you and your sister, and is it you guys are the main? We are. We're the only two. The only two. Yeah. Um, your ministry is not a ministry of video or podcasting. Your ministry is through writing and through Instagram. Yep.
1: Yep. So we tell, have a website. Okay. Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, I was going <laughs> to cut you off. No, you're fine. I was going to say, so tell me about um, the how the ministry functions and, mm-hmm. and, and the purpose and how,
1: how it works. So we are mainly what we do is on Instagram, and there are several Instagram accounts who do what we do. Christian women trying to equip other Christian women with resources to help them walk a life worthy of the calling they have received you know to be wives and to be mothers and so a lot of what we do is resources so there may be a book that i read and i'll pull out quotes or i'll put it on a recommended list um subjects in the culture like things that are coming that parents need to be aware of concerning our kids because even though we don't do teenagers anymore like we still have an ear out for things that parents maybe need to wear, uh, be aware of Um, But really, it's the resource thing because a lot of moms, they're working or they're homeschooling or they're raising kids, and we just have an interest in helping them find resources and weed through resources so they don't waste their time on fluff or stuff that's not going to be edifying to them, things that aren't theologically rich, books to avoid for their... Like, they may be looking for books for their children, and it's like, oh, have you heard about this website called, you know, Good Book Mom? She that's books for you so you don't have to waste a whole bunch of money on books that once you start reading them you throw in the trash because you realize they don't have biblically correct things to show your children and so it's connecting women with things like that it's doing different stories i don't know if if you're familiar with instagram but doing instagram stories and highlights
0: i I, I will tell you this (laughs) i um my social media is a little weird okay. because um you know you know me through the funny videos yeah. that started that started on tiktok on accident oh okay a church member i didn't even have tiktok a okay. church member saw my video that i made the little denominational video and he put it we were shooting we we're out of the shooting range shooting uh-huh. on a saturday at three o'clock and he said well let me put this video on on i'll make a tiktok for you so he created a TikTok, okay okay put, posted it the next morning he comes to church. He goes, hey, have you seen? I said, I don't have TikTok. I haven't seen yeah. yet. He said he got like 90,000 views in like a day. the first video. that Wow. I posted. And it was like, okay, there's. We have something yeah, here. Yeah, we have something here. So, So I started using that as a way I would do a funny video and then a serious video. Okay. And I would do a funny video, and then it's something more like a answering a Bible question. Okay. Sometimes it was about controversial things like women pastors. Or okay. something. But I was using TikTok. Okay. And I, I quickly got over a million, you know, views and stuff, and that that was kind of neat. Yeah. That was neat. But um, I, I never used Instagram.
1: Okay. So that's why I'm interested. Okay. So you're not as familiar. I, ha- I
0: have it now, but the only reason I have it is because Facebook and Instagram are connected. so so if I post anything to Facebook, if it's a picture it automatically posts to my Instagram Instagram. so I started getting Instagram followers but I didn't even know why.
1: So one of the things with Instagram is you can create you can do Instagram stories which you can also turn into a highlight series and so the highlights would be what most of the people would look like. Our book recommendations Mm -hmm. are all in a highlight. Bible teachers we recommend are in a highlight. People we do not recommend people following are in a highlight we have one on elevation and why to avoid them. Hillsong and why to avoid them to on Bethel and how they're just wreaking havoc in so many churches. Um, I would had... be curious to hear your thoughts on that. Maybe we can get back to that
0: later. Okay. But be, because I obviously have a lot of thoughts about Hillsong and Bethel and things like that, <laughs> I and, I, and I've seen a lot of the the divide that that, that has brought into churches. Mm-hmm. So that's that's cool that you 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 know that you have that. But c- continue. I yeah. So
1: those yet. are the types of things that you would find if you kind of swapped through our Instagram youth ministry. We have one on youth ministry. Is it even should we even have youth ministry? Because Sarah and I once we both kind of distanced ourselves from youth ministry when we started seeing. Pro- problems in the church, like we realize youth group culture is one of the things that keeps the wheels of false conversion spinning Um, because, because of how... So many of them, and it's not people want to pigeonhole you. Okay, I'm sure there's some groups that, you know, that are youth ministries that are done fine. And people like, you know, John MacArthur has a youth ministry at his church. Great. I'm so glad they have a youth ministry. (laughs) We're not really saying that they should or shouldn't exist. But we want parents to be paying attention to what is going on. And we've had people, they were, you know, they're like, thank you for empowering us to make the decision to actually pull our child out of youth The youth group at our church because we see the fruit there is not good. And it's like they just needed somebody to encourage them that that's your child. And even if you have a great like expositor who gets up in this, you know, as a senior pastor on Sunday and brings the word, your children are still being taught in youth group. And what are they being taught And so once the parents started paying attention, they're like, we don't like anything this guy is teaching. And it's like, well, then you need to pull him out. That's your child. He's your responsibility. He's not the church's responsibility. And so those are different types of, I mean, and they, a lot of them are controversial. I mean, we get, anytime you talk about any of those subjects within Christendom, you're going to get a lot of pushback. And so we have, but, you know, praise the Lord. There's also been an audience that has wanted to know those things and to be more Reverend, in those things and you know a lot of conversations we've had so many messages of people Like when we talk about the music from false churches, be like, how do I approach my pastor? And I'm like, oh, well, this is a great video that Doreen Virtue did with a pastor. And so, man, he has a pastor's heart. Watch this before you even go down that road. So kind of counseling them because they don't have, unfortunately, other people in their life. And then we've had some churches that, praise the Lord, have gotten rid of all of that music just because they had somebody push the question. And then, unfortunately, we've had people message us back and say it was an absolute disaster and I'm not sure we could stay at this church. And I'm like, but it's, it's generally women. I don't really interact with men. And I'm like, well, how's your husband feel? You need to go with your husband. Does he have a wiser elder in his life? You know, that yeah. type of thing to get them in with good counsel. But, yeah, a lot of our Instagram stuff has, um, has gotten a lot of blowback from people and followers of those churches and youth ministers and whatever else you want to go to. But everything we do is biblically based. Like, if, if the Bible says it, I'm just not embarrassed by what it says. And. Yeah. I talked about that this morning. Yeah, the person has to deal with the consequences of that. We have stuff. Of course, I'm an abortion abolitionist, so we have several things on, like, pro-life versus the abolition movement that people can go through. So we've gained followers from that. We've lost followers from that. You know, it's just... I don't know. I feel like our uh, the Honest Youth Pastor, I know you've had him on your show. Yeah. He he used to do this thing called follower art where it would Instagram shows you how many followers you gain and lose over a certain amount of oh, time. So he uh, would turn it into artwork and have like a boat sailing down this side yeah. or somebody <laughs> flying up if you gain followers. So that's just what the Instagram world that's life is like. Well, it, before we go
0: away from this, I do want to just mention the um, the youth group thing, because, mm-hmm. you know, our church is family integrated. Yes. I don't know if you noticed that. Ours when came is, in this too. Morning. You, yeah. you know, you walk in, and there's little babies, and there's teenagers, and yeah, everybody's lovely. together, and, um, you know, that was a that was a, a committed choice we made uh Back at, well, I guess it's been about 13 years ago. It's awesome, but um, yeah, and 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 I, I like you. I'm not going to say you know if a church has a youth group that's wrong, or I'm not going to mm-hmm. condemn another church for doing it. And I do think there are things that can be done correct, and we do have like age graded Sunday school. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, I actually have our our young people. And I do the Sunday school for the young people. Okay. Uh, because two of our elders do, uh, two other Sunday school classes. So I, okay. do, the, I do the young people. So so I, you know I have you know I can see value in certain things, but. Um, I did get a lot of pushback mm-hmm. when I first began to try to encourage us to move away from the youth group model. Mm-hmm. And the biggest pushback that I got was, you know, well, I was saved in youth group yeah. or, you know, because like, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard Al Mohler. Al Mohler will say, you know, one of the most important men in his life was one of the youth pastors that oh, he had okay, growing okay. up. And so, so I, you know, I've, I've, had to, uh, I've had to manage that. Because some people come and say, well, where's the youth group? Well, we don't have it. Well, what in the world? I know. Yeah, yeah, Same with like, our are church. You crazy? Yeah. Are you crazy? You, know, what, what you, what what, you don't care about kids. And that's a yeah. that, that's a hor- horribly myopic view yep. to say that because you don't have a youth group, you don't care about kids. It's just, no, we, we want every father to To understand his role as a discipler, we want mm-hmm. every mother to understand her, her role as as a discipler, and um, and and that doesn't mean everybody has to homeschool, but a lot of our people do homeschool. Yeah, we're yeah, homeschool family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and and, and um, you know, we we try to lead and guide and say these are the things that we have found that that, that God has used, mm-hmm. and and, um, and it's funny how relatively young the youth group model is in church history about
1: the 1970s yeah that's what i'm saying that's when they first started actually hiring staff because it was all used to be parachurch it was just all parachurch and that you'd have young life doing stuff or you'd have like everything was outside of the church sure and in the 1970s they started because part of our highlight that we have on our instagram actually goes through the history of youth ministry, have you seen the film "Divided"? Uh-huh. That church and so there's a you know clips from that that we use and things like
0: yeah, that. Yeah, I remember when that came out. I remember looking at that film, and it was about the same time, I think, that we because I probably I guess it's like it was,
1: 2012, maybe yeah, is when it came out yeah. about that time. Well, I think. we
0: when we changed our name, we used to be Forest Christian Church, and then we became okay. Sovereign Grace Family Church in 2011. Okay, we didn't add the name Family Church for the purpose of being family integrated. We we we, that wasn't the the reasoning. We wanted Sovereign Grace because we wanted to identify with a reformed theology, but Family Church there was already Sovereign Grace Baptist Church, okay, in town, and we didn't want to be Sovereign Grace Bible Church, not because we're against the Bible, yeah, obviously, but a lot around here, a lot of Bible churches are um, King James only. Okay. And if you identify yourself as Bible and you don't use King James only, then you're going to get a lot of okay. a lot of hate. <laughs> yeah. So um, we didn't want to do that either, and so we chose Family Church because we do believe, and I hope you saw this this morning, we believe church is family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like our people, I love our people, yeah. and our people love me very well. They love awesome. my family well. And so we had always thought of the church like a family, and so we said we're going to go with Family Church because that's what we believed it was. Well, that ended up opening up a door okay the family integration that was different it mm-hmm. was like god used that to say well hey you you call yourself this yeah you know but let's see let's see you work it out in yeah. real real way because i was a youth pastor okay before i became and so many a
1: i think that's another reason that people have a hard time with this subject because i know there was one okay he was a senior pastor but had been a youth pastor and he was not happy as somebody local you know, that can just, like, call me up or, or you know, kind of say, and it'd be like, what are you doing, Susan? And he said, you made it act like youth ministry shouldn't even be a thing. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, if that's what you drew from the highlight, then maybe you need to search the scriptures and seek this out. Because I don't say in the highlight what anybody should do. Yeah. I just go over the history, What what, if you look out in the culture, youth groups are doing. Yeah. And so, this is what they're doing. Parents pay attention. Pastors pay attention to see if your church is doing that. Do you want your kid to be a part of it? Do you not make an informed decision about what's happening at your church? And we had to leave a church one time. And was family integrated on the top of the list? No. But I was like, man, I really hope we find a family integrated church. Sure. So it's not when somebody, like if they ask me, well, what do you recommend when looking for a church? I mean, family integrated really isn't even probably in the top four or five. Yeah. But it would be on my list. But if you can't find a family integrated church, but you found a really solid biblical church, then go to that church. You know, and and maybe don't let your kids participate if you don't like what's going on. If you want them in the service with you, keep them with you. If you want them to you know, don't like what's going on. Maybe talk to the youth pastor, maybe talk to the senior pastor. Is this really wise? Because somebody may have never, ever just questioned. Yeah. Because some of that started in the seventies. Okay. Now well, that's what, 50 years ago, more than 50 years yeah. ago. So you're talking about like half a lifetime or most of, most of a lot of people's lifetime that they've not known anything else. Yeah. This is
0: it. Yeah. So, and it's interesting because when you talk about the, um, for you, it's not in your top five or top 10, Yeah. But the other things that are maybe It may in be your, in my top 10. Well, 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 well <laughs> the other things that aren't, or I'm sorry, the other things that are, like I would assume things like, you know, sound theology would be. Oh, at yeah, the top sound of the theology,
1: list. not just in the preaching, but in the music. Yes. Um, yeah. Are, yeah. are they equipping parents? You know, those and types those of things. And if those
0: things are there, then if there is a youth group, it's going to be a biblically functioning group mm-hmm. as well. If there is, if they are trying to do something to minister to young people, they're going to be ministering to them in an exegetical way, in a way that's biblically yes. based. So, so even though you're saying it's down, I agree with you, it's not in the top, yes. <laughs> but these other things are going to conform the church. Correct. The church, if the church is conforming to these things, then this other thing, too, is going Mm -hmm. to be conformed as well.
1: And you'll have a much healthier youth ministry. Like one of my dearest friends, and she's in her mid-60s, her and her husband are the youth ministers at their Presbyterian church. Yeah. And I'm like, that's wonderful. Could you imagine a 65-year-old pouring in to kids? Like she's raised five children, has 12 grandchildren. You know, I'm like, that would be amazing. So there are ways I do believe that it can be edifying. Sure. And so that's why I'm saying it's not the it's not a deal breaker. Yeah. But
0: you but, know but if you have those other things yeah. you can trust that the yeah. last one is is likely going in place. It's not yeah. likely you're gonna have a solid church with a solid ministry everywhere else and then you got something buck wild going yeah, on in the in crazy the, in yes. The youth group. So with that in mind, uh, moving back to the to the Steadfast Women, so you guys have, have been a, a voice for people, or not a voice, a, a, a place where people can voice their questions and mm-hmm. they can send you things. So you have your website, you have the Instagram, mm-hmm. and you've mentioned several times the abolitionist side. So, mm-hmm. um, and I do want to get to that in a minute, but what are some other areas of ministry before, because I, I think we might spend some time on the abolitionist okay. side, so I want to let that one sit. But what are some other things other than the youth ministry that you felt like you've really been able to contribute into the lives of women specifically? What are some areas that that they have, that people have reached out to you for and you've said, I'm thankful we were able to be there?
1: Um, we get asked a lot about how to find a biblically solid church. Okay. And because people are figuring out through us, recommend, like in our recommendations, we have film recommendations, book recommendations, blog recommendations, Um, social media account recommendations. And once you kind of start down that road, it helps you figure out, are you in a solid church or are you not? And so that has been definitely one of the most things is like, okay, we've realized we're not in a solid church. How do we find a solid church? Or it may be just the music thing. Everything about our church is so good, but they won't stop singing Bethel. So how do I bring up to my pastor that Bethel is as horrible as you have portrayed it to be and that we don't need to be basically paying them to sing their music in our churches and so walking and getting them resources so that they can talk to their pastor um, like not resources from us but like I said that video that Dorian Virtue did was so good with the, with a pastor who had walked through that with his church and congregants I'm not familiar and so, with her I have to look that up oh God, I'll have to send I mean she she does a lot of different things on her channel but mm-hmm. that was a video she did a couple of years ago that I don't know that how many sounds people familiar. of course the
0: name Virtue would stick with you oh yeah <laughs> is that her real name huh Huh? Yeah, interesting. It's sort of like Dwight Pentecost. Oh, probably, <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like they just have that, that yeah. We had is a, that we, a real name? Well, well, we had a, a, I know this is totally off the subject, but recently uh, a, a local staple in our in our community died. His name was George Winterling, and he was a meteorologist. And I don't know if That's that awesome. was his real name or not, but gotcha. he was. I ever since I was a boy, I would watch George Winterling. He came and met us at school once. Okay, he was like a local celebrity. Yeah, while well, we all love.
1: had Paul Barris. That was our that was our weatherman. Weather if you're yeah. in Alabama, it's James Spann. You know, everybody yeah. loves James Spann. But the
0: name Winterling just like perfect yeah. ma- meteorologist name. So when That's you said awesome. her name is Virtue. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. That's kind of cool.
1: And so that that would be one of the things we get a lot of questions about. Um, and some of them would just be like, do you have a really good resource on this, like fasting? Do you have a really good resource on prayer? Do you have, or they'll reach, my, our women's Bible study at church is wanting to study a book by do you know anything about this author? Or are they a solid author? Is there somebody my church should be reading? Have you ever heard of this book? Have you ever heard of this series? So they'll be asking our opinions. And usually if we don't know, it's a good thing. <laughs> That's what I usually tell people. I'm like, if I've not heard of them, you're probably okay. Because a lot of our times would be the ones that more people would know. Like your Lisa to cursed, um, who does, you know, the Proverbs 31 ministry. I don't, we don't believe her stuff is solid. And so we would tell, you know, Churches not to use. So I, don't Remember, her. Read her books? I, I don't know her. I don't know her. Yeah. And a lot of it is what like, would be resources for like women. Like a lot of the, you know, it's for women. It's stuff women know about. It's stuff that's talked about in women's circles. And so we try to just provide resources. You know, if somebody's a new believer, I have, you know, I'm a new believer. Can you give me resources that help me study the Bible? Well, then I would recommend, you know, Paul Washer's history books on the foundations of the gospel because they're saturated in so much scripture and they help me so much when I was coming out of false conversion I was like okay clearly I didn't understand the gospel how do I understand the gospel so once I watched American gospel I was like here's some people who may be able to help and you so it's kind of stuff I've learned on my own that I hope I can save other women time like I can just point them directly to there instead of them just floundering around for a couple years trying to find good resources like I felt like I had to do
0: and how do you how how do you vet yourself how do you when you say you're you're looking at these resources what what are the what are the standards that you're holding yourself to
1: so usually it's how much scripture does it contain mm-hmm. so which is one of the reasons like on the gospel it's generally paul's washer i'm not saying there's not great ones but I usually recommend him because there's so much scripture in it mm-hmm. and so people who have come out of false church movements people who have um maybe didn't have the best teaching growing up it really gets them grounded in the scripture or the attributes of god okay that's a great thing so rc spoil has a great teaching on that or steve lawson wrote a book on these sorts of things so like it has to have
0: you're naming a lot of calvinists yes i am
1: (laughs) (laughs) and so but and that is one thing i also try to do with resources it's like I, i don't think anything i recommend would necessarily be overtly calvinist like i don't think you would read it and go, well, I didn't even know what Calvinist was when I was saved out of false conversion. I'm like, all these words are so new. I'm like, I I, I thought you'd be talking about diseases, you know, (laughs) not like different things. All all these words, egalitarian, complementarianism, and eschatology, and ecclesiology, and pre-meal, post-meal, pan-meal, which is what I am because I haven't had time to get into end times yet, but... (laughs) I got it. So, you know, all those words. And so that would be the number one thing is how much scripture is actually in the book. How true is it to the word? And a lot of women's ministry, their books are just not focused on the word. They're on feelings or things that are happening to you. They're focused on self, the emotionalism yeah. of it instead of like Christ exalting. Or they portray Christ as like this big, strong man rescular masculine and just holding you in his safe arms like and i'm like like (laughs) am i reading a romance novel here you know and that that, i mean there are there's seriously stuff out there like that that is just like we're talking about the thrice holy god here yeah and this is so irreverent to me and i just if i can just help somebody not do that and it's hard i mean i've had women give messages that their their church wants to use maybe something by lisa to curse or not their church but just People want to do a bible study and that's what they do and they're like i've told them everything that you've said i've sent them all these resources i've showed them you know the article links and stuff and they're still going to do it yeah and that is heartbreaking to me but like i'm so thankful that our channel or our instagram is there because who else would they reach out to you know until you find a solid church and you get around solid believers like some and some people online ministry is not a substitute for any church sure but online ministries can be great at directing you to a solid church family
0: yeah i've done that i feel like i've done that for several people people will call me or message me because i put my email out yeah and people will say hey i don't know where where to go yeah so yeah i think i think that's true yeah i'm gonna throw a name out for you okay this might be a little (laughs) dangerous that's it's okay it's okay. okay Uh, just remember, uh, this is all being Go recorded. home. We no, can, I'm just no, kidding. No, no, no <laughs> not, not, <that> sort of. <laughs> not Beth Moore. No, uh, but this has a story attached to it. So okay. I'm going to ask you, uh, Priscilla
1: Shire. Yeah, she, she's our not, on our not recommended. Not recommended list. I don't know her.
0: Yeah. I, the only thing I know is she was in, what was it, War Room? Yes, she was movies. an
1: actress, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and the only reason why I bring her up is we had a lady who is a dear friend of ours, mm-hmm. friend, friend very dear friend of my wife and I, and uh, I've known her since high school. We were okay. good friends and she had um her church was hosting a teleconference.
1: Yes, that LifeWay does. Yeah. Probably with LifeWay. She's one of their big. Yeah. yeah. And
0: um this this lady and again I don't want to get into the particulars yeah. about it, but um she voiced her opinion mm-hmm. on on online just to say hey, I don't think you know this is not good. And ended up being um, really given a hard time by her church. She ended up having to leave. It was yeah. such a difficult thing yeah. because she voiced an opinion that was not appreciated by the yeah. leadership. Yeah. And uh, I was sad to hear that. One, I was sad to hear how she was treated, but also the situation of yeah, the church is choosing to you know not 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 at least concede some of the concerns of its members. members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got a member who's concerned about this person. At least hear them out at yeah. least you know because i know if, if i were if i were promoting someone in the church and yeah. one of our church members said hey i've got some issues i'd want to know what they were yeah even if i disagreed i'd want to know well why yeah. what what is it that you you know cuz i've i mean i've promoted people in the church uh, you know, that 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 not everybody's fans of. Yeah. Like for even Paul Washer is not everybody's not everybody thinks yeah. Paul Washer I, I think he's great. Yeah. But not everybody loves you know, some people yeah. some people are are are, are uh, just, just have a real hard time with with yeah. him. And I have to say, well tell me what he's saying that's wrong. Yeah. I understand if what he says is hard to hear. I understand what yeah. he's saying is difficult, but that's not the same as being wrong. And yeah. if he's wrong then we don't want to promote him. But if he's if it's just hard for you to hear that's, That's different. different. That's different. And so, but yeah, I just, I was curious about your thoughts. So you, she's on your no-no list. Yeah,
1: she'd be on no list. Number one would be for, because um, like God speaking outside of his word. Mm-hmm. And she has spent a lot of time going, uh, how to hear the voice of God. I mean, that is just one of us, a staple teaching that she has had. Sure. And I mean, I've, I've seen sermon clips where she gets up there and like, ex- has she exegeted like the Lion King? About how God's like Simba in the scene where he's with the hyenas, and then I mean, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> and then like her followers, I mean, just last week somebody said something and they read a Priscilla Schreier thing, and she was speaking she was talking about like how to speak, she didn't phrase it words of affirmation, but it was like biblical, she said like biblical truths over your children. and somebody captioned it, and it's like, I have the deri- I have the right to declare something over the lives of my children i'm like you're just you're getting in very dangerous territory right here where there's so many more solid people you could be listening like she's very she's very captivating but but she's not biblically solid yeah so and
0: and 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 that's that's the other thing and i think that a lot of people miss is there's better people (laughs) yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's yeah like here's here's a list of better people yep yeah. that that you would like and and, and with that I want to ask you that question okay, okay. So, so my I know my wife's gonna listen to this she's uh, very interested in what you guys do mm-hmm. and and, and uh, she loves podcasts so okay so oh, I'm very, okay. Sure. I'm very thankful that she she's my she's my uh, my greatest critic she'll tell okay. me that one wasn't good gotcha. <laughs> but I think she'll like this okay one. <laughs> but if if you were talking to my wife and and, and you were saying here's 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 five ladies that I've read their stuff and I would trust these ladies. Can you think of five off the top of your head? So you the two recommend?
1: that I would think of off the top of my head would be Michelle Leslie and her Bible study. Well you've done you've had Michelle Michelle's on your show. Been that's on. right. Michelle's
0: a friend of the program. That's right, that's Michelle right. Michelle is my buddy. That's uh, right. I've actually uh her, her husband and I are now friends on Facebook. Oh okay. And so um he posted something and I and I and I responded it was a funny thing about yeah. a wives. Yeah. And and she like are she like gave a little sassy comment because i i was i forget what it was but it was so funny because i was like yeah this was a guy thing and she she jumped in on it but she's such a sweetheart yes she is susan
1: heck would be another one which um i actually was going to go to a conference and see her down here in florida but we had some family stuff come up so i didn't get to see her and then a, a lot of things of course michelle leslie says this too that it's okay not to be taught by women Mm -hmm. like i i think a lot of times in our circles when we think of not our circles as far as calvinistic or reformed or baptist or whatever i just mean like out there in like the women's ministry type circles they think they always have to read books by women or about women but you don't you can study philippians and just go through philippians you can study titus and just go through titus it's not always reading a book doing a chapter discussion going through those types of things you can just do a bible study together and i think that is actually a cycle we're in a point now where somebody actually has to say that out loud because there's been people for 20 years 30 years in women ministries and they've never done that i want
0: to i want to say honestly i'm glad that you said it because i never thought about saying it the way you just did Mm -hmm. but yes um women don't have to study a women's bible study book they can Mm -hmm. study the bible or they could study a men's Bible study book.
1: I mean, they yeah, could study, or, they, yeah. I mean, I mean, if they were, you, you, you know, or just a Bible study that's, book. That's what. Well, yeah, I guess. You know, like is, Paul Washer, I meant, written by a man. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. that's so funny. Yeah, it's so like, it's
1: just, and it's interesting because you kind of have to flip the question like that. Sometimes you do like the paradigm. So, like female pastors, this, that's all SBC thing. You know, somebody asked one time I was on a. I was on a podcast after the sbc talking about it and somebody submitted submitted a question said what is the highest role of authority you think a woman can hold in the church and i said that's really just totally the wrong question and it's such an americanized version of that question because if the church is set up like it's like say it was in the first century you, you don't have other positions of people doing things. You don't have children's pastors and nurseries coordinators. or different. You have a pastor who brings the word to the church, to the whole assembly, because families are in there together. They, they're singing psalms. They're expositing the word. And I said, the only reason we even think to ask a question like that is because our American version of church is just so far off yeah. from the biblical model of what churches are and so there's been several things like that that you like people have never even thought you know the the, in our days it's like well how much can they do instead of well what does the bible say about this at 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 all that's right you know that's right
0: that's great stuff and and like i said i know my wife's gonna love it just (laughs) just thinking through that thought and 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 we i'm very grateful we do have a lady here in our church her name is Miss Ann. She was here this morning. I okay, you may have seen her, and she she coordinates a women's Bible study on Monday evening. Do you hear them awesome. talking? Awesome. Yeah, about that it. they're yeah. waiting tomorrow. And 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 I'm just grateful to have a woman who she's got multiple children, she's got tons of grandchildren, and she's just a, a lovely saint who loves awesome. to pour into my wife and to other yes. women in the church, and that's great. Yep. And they sometimes study books, sometimes they study other things, but it. But yeah. I'm just really grateful for yep. for that pouring into my wife's life. Um, well, we're we're getting close to the end of the hour, <laughs> Sorry. and we didn't. No, no, no. I've really enjoyed the conversation, okay. and I'm so grateful to get to introduce my audience to you, yep. and uh, and and what you guys do. Um, but I do want to mention you because you said it a few times about the abolitionists. Now, mm-hmm. are you now? You are part of the abolitionist movement.
1: Correct, and I run a, uh, We also run a social media account called Abolition Women which is on Instagram and Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we don't have a separate website or a separate Facebook page. There's a link to all of our abolition abolition women stuff on our Steadfast Women website Mm -hmm. if people want to learn. And I do um, like a publication called Abolition News every couple weeks to kind of keep abolitionists informed of what's going on in the culture, in the legislature, and in the news concerning abolition.
0: In a a short blurb, tell me what the difference is between an abolitionist and a pro-life advocate because i know that people know but i, I and i know i know mm-hmm. but there is somebody who's going to hear this and not really understand that there is a distinction
1: so at the the two biggest ones that i would say for somebody who's never even heard a type of conversation is we're talking pro- about abortion by the way. abortion yes, abolition. Yes, abortion yeah. abolition yeah. is that the pro-life movement is secular at its foundation so the pro-life movement does not say you have to be a Christian. Actually, most of the pro-life, your big pro-life organizations are actually run by Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but they don't care. There's like atheist pro-life. There's a group called atheist pro-life. There's a group called secular pro-life. There's a group called PAU, which is like P-A-A-U. And they are actually for like abolishing prisons, but they're also for um, not having abortion I mean therefore just all kinds of types of things so all of that is welcome in the pro-life movement they don't take any sort of now do I believe that there's a lot of Christians that make up the pro-life movement I do but as far as the movement itself it's it's secular in nature and the way in a lot of ways they fight is secular they don't fight from this is a child made in the image of God and abortion is wrong because it is killing an image bearer of God when God says thou shalt not murder Whereas a pro lifer would say, well, it's a baby in the womb. It has a heartbeat at 18 days. Science tells us that life begins at conception. And, you know, and at conception, we have human rights. Do you believe in human rights? Well, shouldn't you want? It's all secular type reasoning off of a moral foundation of, well, what even makes life, what even makes us different from a cow in the first place? Well, that we're made in the image of God but they don't have that foundation. And so that would be the number one thing is they're secular in nature. And then the way that they fight, um, they, the pro-life movement has never supported a bill that criminalizes the act of abortion for everyone involved. And so that is a huge line. Like they will support laws that regulate abortion as healthcare, which mm-hmm. says when, where, how, and with what, and at what point gestation can a baby be killed and who can be prosecuted for for that if this is broken? Where the abolitionist would say abortion's murder, life begins at conception and it's equal protection for whoever is involved, which really comes down to the criminalization of the mother. Like, should the mother who procures an abortion be held criminally responsible for willfully killing her child? And the pro-life movement, based on every law they've ever supported, says no. Yeah. And the abolition movement will only support laws that say yes. And generally in red states, like my state and Oklahoma, wherever you want to go, it's the pro-lifers who will kill bills of abolition because they treat the act of abortion as murder for everyone involved and not just some people involved. And so like we, those would be the two biggest distinctions is the secular foundations and that pro-lifers are willing to regulate abortion as healthcare, where the abolitionist, we will only regulate abortion as homicide.
0: Okay. I remember, um, and this has been, 20 years ago now. Okay, but I remember being in seminary, mm-hmm. and um, this is not to say anything of the seminary that I went to. I'm okay. not speaking against them or anything yeah. like that. But I remember in a class, and I'm not even sure who taught the class, but I, it was in some form of counseling class, where I was taught that the 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 woman receiving the abortion was just as much a victim mm-hmm. as the child. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking. Doesn't sound right. But yeah. <laughs> well, that's like, sort of an interesting concept. But, but is that kind of what you see from the other yes, side? The, they, trying they, to victimize the woman.
1: Yes, just like her. And that is what you'll see. You've seen some shift Like they with the anniversary, the one-year anniversary of Roe, there was Mm -hmm. three major pro-life organizations that came together. Live action, I know it was live action. Students for Life. I can't remember the other one off the top of my head, but it was like equal protection for all. Okay, but the bill, not the bill, the House resolution—that's their new north star for the pro-life movement—still exempts women from from criminal from criminal from, and it's like that's not equal protection. Like you're aping the abolitionist language and you're still not offering equal protection. Yeah. And so and because of that second victim narrative and it's but it doesn't make any sense. If you believe that what is in the womb truly is human from fertilization. Why do you in law act like it's not? Yeah. You know, it's almost like that. I'm politically pro-life. But I, or I'm personally, I'm sorry, I'm personally pro-life, but I'm politically pro-choice. And that's what a lot of the pro-life movement does. They're like, oh, well, I'm personally, like, what just happened with this new North Star and equal protection, but it still exempts women. It's like, okay. It's like, okay. oh, well, I personally believe that. But when it comes to legislation, we are still, by their actions, have not supported any legislation that mm. would truly give our neighbors in the womb equal protection. And no. they're... Okay. And it's just, like, it's so frustrating because I get people all the time on Abolition Women tell me I'm doing, like, the devil's work of, like, why are you, why are you fighting against people who are fighting abortion? I'm, like, because those people are the reason abortion is legal in my state. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not the pro-choicers that are keeping abortion legal in Tennessee. It's pro-lifers that have kept abortion in Tennessee. And have kept abortion legal in Tennessee and in Oklahoma and in Texas and in Missouri and in Alabama and, I mean, you and in Georgia and in South Carolina. I mean, you name it. All of these states that have had bills to totally abolish abortion and every time in a red state it's the pro-life movement that kills them. Hmm. Every time. Okay. The, um,
0: just to push a little. Cause okay. I do want to ask you, because uh, I, I, I'm a... I, I'm absolutely in the camp of believing that all abortion should be abolished. Mm-hmm. I, I think of it in, in, in many, many ways, uh, uh, well, it, it, it is to me, it shouldn't even be a question yeah. as to whether or not we should be willing to murder a child in the womb, at whatever, yeah. the, the, the wherever in, in the process. Yeah. In fact, real quick story, side note. And I won't oh, make go this ahead. Too long, no, but, go but ahead. We 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 had a group. Uh, we had a we had a, a, a in our church. We had a man who would who would go and do work at abortion clinics. Try to try to uh, uh, stop women from having yeah, abortions. Yeah, minister uh, at the uh, meal. Um, yeah, but I don't even call it a minister. He he would hold signs. He wouldn't preach, but he would hold signs. Oh, okay, okay. But he he did a lot of work with Catholic stuff, and, and okay. I saw what he was doing, and 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 he had a group that needed a place to stay. Okay. It was uh, Students for Life, I think was the group. Okay. And uh, he asked if our church would host them. So we gave them a place to stay for, okay. for the weekend. They slept in the, the, the fellowship hall yeah. here. And um, they ended up teaching a class here because they, we were letting them use the facility. Oh, okay. And so I ended up exercising my pastoral prerogative and eavesdropping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I sat in. I would have to. And listened. And they were teaching, one, don't use the Bible. Don't talk yeah. about God, only use the scientific approach. don't approach this from because if people don't get if people don't believe the Bible, then you know they're they're incorrect yeah. uh, or, or I'm sorry, people don't use the Bible, so you don't, they'll think they'll just they'll just write you off as a crazy fanatical yeah. uh, person. so anyway, uh, long story short, when I was when when they were done, I was a little off put yeah. by it, and the next year comes around. The gentleman who was here at our church asked, can they use the church again? And our elders met again and decided we would prefer not. Yeah. Not because we don't want to help, not because we don't want to love on these people. Yeah. But to be honest with you, we don't, we can't support what they're saying. Yeah. And they're wanting to teach this while they're here. Yeah. We can't, we can't have people teaching that the first thing you tell people is to put away your Bible. So um, in that regard, I get where you're coming from. On the other hand, and again, I'm, so, yeah. so what I'm saying is, I, you know, I'm I'm there in yeah. in so many ways. The the other side, I would say, I I do know some people who are who are godly people, mm-hmm. who are trying to what they I believe fight the beast from within on the pro life side. And mm-hmm. I'm not willing to condemn them, even though I may not agree with the necessarily the direction they're going. Yeah. How do you deal with people like that? People that you know want to do well, but they see an incremental approach as the only way to get this done.
1: So I it's interesting you say that because locally we have a local pregnancy resource center Mm -hmm. and when I started talking about and posting more about abolition I had one of their board members reach out to me Um, oh and it was actually over Lindsey Graham when he came out and wanted a, a federal 15 week ban and I'm like are you kidding me a fe- like like they phrase as a 15-week ban but basically you're saying making sure we have abortion legal basically all of the time because most abortions take place before 15 weeks like i mean it's just crazy to me and so i had made like what this really means if this were ever passed into law and he messaged me and he said susan don't you think that this is something that we should support and i said no i don't and i went through the biblical reasons why and so we went back and forth a little bit and at the end of it, I just said, I understand what you're saying. All I'm saying is I can't find support in the scripture to do what you are doing mm-hmm. and to support what you are supporting. And that's kind of how I left it, like not on bad terms. I didn't have any ill will, any malice. And I believe he is definitely a brother in Christ. But I, I said, I just can't go down that road with you yeah. because I don't see it support in Scripture. And you're not giving me any support in Scripture for it because there's not support in Scripture for it. But and it, wasn't, it was probably about six weeks later, out of the blue, I got a message from him, and it was like two lines. And it was like, I just wanted you to know that I'm an abolitionist. I really thought about what you said and what you're saying is right. And so with anything, it's just the word does the work. Like, that's yeah. something—if if, if somebody is truly a Christian, and you have given them the biblical case, the exegetical work for abolitionism, and say they are trying to reform the movement from within the inside, like, I believe they can do that, but there will be a certain point where God just—he will just draw them out, because at some point— Depending on the organization, I mean, because there's really small pro-life organizations. There's not, I mean, not every one of them is the really big one, but at some point, it's going to become a light dwelling with darkness. It's, people are going to see that it is one side helping keep abortion legal and one side actually working to abolish it. And to me, I just leave it in the Lord's hands. Like, I just give them the scripture. If they ask me my position, I give it to them. I always argue from God's word when I go and minister at the meals. We're always telling women what they are doing, what God's word says, so that they know before they go in. Because, man, science doesn't save people. Like, the gospel and God's word is the only thing that is the power into salvation. And however much of his word goes out even if it's five seconds worth from the time they leave the car until they get into the door, like it will still purpose what God has for it to do. And I'm, I'm just never going back to the days where that's not what I lead with and proclaim because I realize as a Christian, it's the only thing that will ever change hearts and minds.
0: So when you're at the mill, because mm-hmm. I've been myself, um, but I, I, and do you know uh,
1: John Barrows? Oh, yeah. Well, in, not in, personally, but, but I from, mean anybody. in yeah, yeah, anybody
0: in the movement. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I obviously seen him and, and very thankful for what he does. And I mm-hmm. think he's a stalwart in, yes, the, in, the, in, I do. in, in the movement. Um, so, so do you do like what he does, stand outside and and. and to try to talk to the women as they go in so yes
1: like- it depends now when the knoxville clinic was open we only had access to them at the driveway mm-hmm. so we couldn't actually walk along the side where their cars were everything yeah. is set up different um now actually at the bristol mill if anybody wants to help serve there they have actually gotten permission to use the whole neighbor's yard so they can talk to them up the whole way. but yes it's like please don't go in there this child is made in the image of God. It's a gift from God. If you go in there, it is a murder. You will be a murderer when you come out. Like, because what if nobody's told them abortions murder? I mean, yeah. we have this phrase like abortions murder and everybody knows it, but once somebody has said it out loud to you, you are now accountable to God for knowing it's murder yeah. that you're about to go in and do. Please don't do this to your child. Like we have resources and we're hand standing there with stuff. And sometimes people will go and park and we can talk to them for 20 minutes and we've had babies saved and we've, and then we've, had a lot of other things that weren't so nice, you know, that happens out at the clinics.
0: Do you partner with local women's resource centers to help them or do y'all have groups?
1: Um it it depends. So at the Knoxville one there was a center that was local. If somebody needed tangible resources mm-hmm. as far as like diapers and bottles and stuff, but we really try to connect them to local churches yeah. that have said we are willing to like actually as a church welcome these women in and not just them. send them to a yep. parachurch ministry yeah. and do those types of things so really what the abolitionists really try to do is actually get involved is through that's one of the tenets of abolitionism is through the church yeah. and that's another that's another fruit of the way it plays out is not just hey go to this center which the center may also be secular there's yeah. a lot of uh, pregnancy resource sentences that are also secular in nature sure. but to get them in a biblical church where people can actually love and give them the truth and help them if they don't know Christ, to know Christ, and then to come along beside them as a family so that they can raise their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I've really enjoyed Okay, I know. I feel like to, we could talk n- all day. N- we could, <laughs> and, and, I, and I've enjoyed it, and, and, I, and I think that this has been a very good introduction to you and to your ministry for yes. our audience. But I do want to now point our audience to actual connection. So okay. how do people find you and your sister's ministry? Steadfast Women is the name of the ministry. Yep. And you also have abolition Aboli- women. abolition women. Abolition women, but yeah. not abolishing women. Not abolishing
1: women. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah. Uh, abolition women. Uh, so two different ministries that you are mm-hmm. are leading. And how would someone get a hold of you? Uh, find your resources, websites, emails, whatever you want to share.
1: So our website is steadfastwomen.org, and then on Instagram we are just at steadfastwomen, and mm-hmm. then we're, for abolition is just at abolitionwomen.
0: I'm going to ask you to and spell, I'm, and I'm going to tell you why in a minute. Can you spell steadfast? Yeah, S-T-E-A-D-F-A-S-T. And the the reason why I ask is there was a local church here. They were a King James only church, and they they spelled steadfast Baptist Church with S-T-E-D. Without the A. Oh, apparently okay. There's a, apparently, I, I guess that's the way it's spelled in the King James. I never looked oh, it up. Oh, okay. No, we do not. We did not. So do it's that. steadfast with an A. Yes. S t e a d f a s
1: t. And then on Twitter, it's actually at steadfast underscore women. It's the only one that's different. Our Twitter. And you'll know
0: it's them because you'll see a picture of two faces that look. Exactly yes, the I same. think
1: our picture on all of our steadfast women has those two. We that picture is honestly from like ten years ago. I tell Sarah all the time, I'm like, we have got to get a new picture, but oh well. <laughs> every Young, I guess. <laughs>
0: well, thank you so much for thank coming you and so visiting much. with our church today, visiting with me and getting to know you better. I'm enjoying putting a, a personality with a, a Twitter friendship. Yeah, so me too. Thank you for being here with me today. Thank you. And I want to thank you guys for being a part of Conversations with a Calvinist. I want to remind you that we have a new podcast that comes out every week, and you can find us at conversationswithacalvinist.com, which takes you straight to our YouTube page. You'll also find all of our short videos and our weekly news program that's recently come out called Church Soup. And if you have ideas that you'd like to send me, you can send them to me at calvinistpodcast at gmail.com, whether it's ideas for uh, upcoming podcasts, people you want me to interview, or articles that you'd like for me to share on Church Soup. Thank you again for listening to Conversations with a Calvinist. My name is Keith Foskey, and I've been your Calvinist. May God bless you.